Hello everyone, and welcome to Generally Casual, the place where you can learn anything and everything casually. I'm your co-host Michael, and join with me today, as always, is my brother Richard. I think that was your best intro so far. I think you you, like you've it? nearly got this down. Did you like did you like my deep No, 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 I didn't tones? care about the tone. Oh, okay. I'm saying okay. you actually spoke correct words. And That's I didn't trip I, over myself. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, we're doing it. <laughs> um and today we brought on one of my friends and our special guest of the day, Megan. Hi. Hello, Megan. I'm Megan. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm excited. Yes. Um, And the reason why we brought on Megan is because she had a sudden interest in what we were talking about today, which is music, specifically music theory. Yes. Um, A while ago, Megan and I had a conversation where I dumped (laughs) onto her my eight years of music training. Both in college and high school. And Always a good way to melt some brain. Yeah. And she was like, she was also interested in and deep dived for herself through YouTube and other knowledge. Um, before we even get started in music theory, what is your experience with music itself? Uh, not a lot. Um, when I was like a kid, I did choir a lot and I really liked to sing. Um, I still really like to sing. I'm not as good at it. <laughs> um, and I did, uh, I did do piano as a kid for like a year. So you could. Jot that down. I can do a uh, second grader level piano. Writing so it down right now. It's good. That's um, a vast resume so far. I okay. know. It's really good. And then I did I did musical theater in high school. Uh, again, I wasn't very good at it, but, you know, I enjoy it. And then um, I got a, okay, I got a job as a party fairy. Like someone that, like dresses up like a fairy and like goes to kids' birthday parties. Oh. Uh, right before the lovely pandy. Um, so then it was just like during the pandy, I had gotten like an entire trunk of like magic tricks and glitter and balloons and one of the things they wanted me to learn was ukulele so i was just like in my apartment with this ukulele and they were like learn these three songs and then and then i quit that job but i still had the ukulele so (laughs) self-taught skills it was just self-taught ukulele out of uh pure boredom Mm -hmm. yeah weirdly and this is me speaking straight on my bum is i feel like there's a lot of people who'd be in your same situation yeah. Like did yeah. did some sort of music in school and then was like, I want to work on that skill again and then have to be self-taught. Yeah. Also, because not a lot of people have a bunch of money to throw at people to teach themselves. I mean, yeah. I'm in a similar boat, although I took it way further than I probably should have. What? So- <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a similar boat. Well, I was self-taught. And then I went to self-taught college and then they self-taught me for four years. <laughs> That's what I mean is I, I went that far. I went that far, and then after college, then forgot everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now yeah. I'm self-teaching myself again. Yeah. What are you self-teaching yourself on? Uh, nothing. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, you still are using your music editing skills. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's for this uh, this version of what we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. Now I'm just remembering that. Uh- <laughs> oh, yeah, because we'll have a little, like, uh, intro yeah, music. Yeah, this should be our first episode. With, with a little, intro music. With a lovely little, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Little, like, music well, for music. We'll listen to after we're done recording. So we can Welcome follow. to Generally Casual. That's not it at all. That's not it. It should just be me playing the ukulele. Ding, ding, hey. Ding, 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 ding. We have you a studio what? to record. I can get Michael's, um, your little tiny, like, child's piano. Your oh, little yeah. <laughs> baby keyboard and I'll just do a little piano. You remember jam. the piano, right? The, our little baby one? <laughs> the one sure. that was a DJ piano? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I stole that. So, <laughs> in my house now. 
I'm trying to build up a, a like a like Jimmy Kim Fallon, Fallon. the Jimmy Fallon, and a hit when he has the the roots doing like the they're all playing on the little toy instrument. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I want that. That would be my we most beautiful that. closet. We had that. We were close. Yes, we were close. Okay. But now I need to take all the stuff from my classroom and put it somewhere where oh we can God. use it constantly. Uh, well, in which case, then we would re-record our intro song with just that. Stop. It would be too much. It would be great. I would love that. <laughs> Future ideas. Yeah. Doing meetings on the podcast. Woohoo! <laughs> so that's actually lovely to know um, because everybody starts in that same that same situation, uh, even as, as kids. And I, I see these kids every day going, I, I've had, I literally had a kid last week. We're two months away from the end of school going, hey, can I join choir? And I was like, <laughs> we have two months left of the school year. We have a month and a half left of the school year left. What do you, they're like, I just want to be in it. I'm like, okay, well, for your friends, I got it. But that gives them enough effort to go. I said, hey, you have the weekend to learn two of these songs out of four, and I'll let you in. If you can show me you know these two songs so I don't have to teach you them, and we don't have to memorize them, and you're not dragging my class back, we're good. And they'll do it. And they'll do it. And that's why I'm like, that's, that's wonderful. Surprising. Yeah. And, you know, everybody starts from, you know, some base level being interested in. Maybe they want to be famous on TikTok and they start singing terrible songs that they shouldn't be singing. Um, or, Terribly. You know, a, a, any sort of performing art. Uh, I know, Megan, you're a fantastic artiste. Thank you. You're welcome. I, lovely compliments. Make you uncomfortable. You. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Don't help me like that. <laughs> and at least for where music is concerned, I mean, uh, everything has its own base function. Music theory has to be the start. And... The worst part about music theory, let me already be down on it and be negative about it, is that it's another language. And that's the worst part, is it's learning a series of symbols, a series of things that shouldn't make sense in order to understand what music is to read it. Oh, you're saying at its core, it is another language. Yes, at its core, it's another language. Yeah, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's just like if if I said, hey, go learn Spanish, you'd be like, Easy. Yeah, easy. <laughs> I was I gonna it. say, to I know matters, the alphabet. <laughs> to make matters worse, not only is it another language, but it also involves math. Both of those things terrible together. Yes. What? Yeah, I'm, but you only have to count to four. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I figured I would start by going on the bare basics, and then we would interrogate Megan um, and Perfect. ask her what she knows about music theory. Very little. Um, and this is—I'm going to pitch you. Like a base amount of music theory that you probably already know. Sure. Yeah, and then we'll see what you know. Careful <laughs> so, with the word "probably," but good luck. Five percent. I don't know it. Okay. It, if I'm held to the same standard you are, we're good. Okay. Did now, you, didn't I just learn that you just went to music college? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but he's also had a lot of time to forget all about. Yeah. It. <laughs> this is not a skill this is not like riding a bike this is literally volumes of knowledge i've probably forgotten that's okay he put it in a fire climate put it on the back of his brain and then locked it and then put it behind a wall <laughs> then they built a building around it now it's locked in this little alleyway yeah. you can't get to it except yeah. for through his like a bathroom window my current job requires none of those skills so that's I'm the like, building that was built around it it's a parks building yeah it's right around the music and it's filed just like the county files oh, yeah. things Horrible. <laughs> oh, no. Or our own district. Anyways. <laughs> so um, if we talk about the very uh, bare minimum basics about music itself, it's uh, it's uh, three things put together. It's melody, harmony, and rhythm. Mm-hmm. And 
Anybody can do one of the three. Most people can do rhythm. Although you know that person I'm who, can't, that. who can't tap their foot to a song. They can't do that. But more than likely, they may, they may be able to sing or they may be able to do harmony. So if we talk about each one of those separately, rhythm is usually, uh, to keep it very basics and how I explained it to the first graders, rhythm is what follows our words. It's the syllables of our words. And it's the sound that goes with music. And it's the beat that goes below it. And putting those two together will give you this kind of move and groove for your body. Didn't they talk about that on Phineas and Ferb? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I will agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, melody is when we add um, frequency to this rhythm. It, keep it sciencey. Science words. Um, to keep it very basic, it's when you sing or you add some sort of sound to it that's not just clicks and clacks. A resonance. Yes, a resonance to the music. Yeah. And then we can, instead of just going forward and backwards or having basically like a switch on and off, we now can go up and down. And we put those two together. And if we kind of think of it like science, we're just adding more dimensions on top of music. So melody is our movement of up and down. Rhythm is our movement of on and off. Mm. Then we add one more, which is harmony. And harmony is building on top of melody. If you have no melody, you can't have harmony. Harmony... Sure. Is when we build up on our ups and downs and we provide something called intervals, which is the space between two notes. And when we have the space between two notes, sometimes they form into its harmony, which is what makes beautiful music and chords. And, and when two people sing, not on the same frequency as each other, and it sounds wonderful. <laughs> Are you confused yet, Megan? Okay, cool. But it's still new information. <laughs> yes. Okay. So when we use all three of those, then you can make, uh, then you can have big works. Like if you listen to musicals, they have all three. If you listen to some pop songs, they have all three. Now, the problem is that usually in most of the songs you listen on the radio, the harmony is in the background and not where the singer is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because it's usually, you can't have harmony if you're singing by yourself. Uh, and that usually actually has more to do with the current genre of music versus in like the 90s, late 80s. There was a lot more harmonious music. Mm -hmm. um, uh, boy bands had a ton of different harmony, um, things the like that, where there was more vocal forward versus... Exactly. <laughs> uh, most, mostly now it's a lot more heavy rhythm based mm -hmm. and more heavy melody based yeah and it's I the, the leads the lead with whatever rhythm is um to pause there before we get to megan uh richard megan or me do we have any good like movies that kind of describe music i would say uh a newer one might be soul if you are mm -hmm. ever wanted to jump into the jazz world and understand what it takes to go through that it does it's it definitely describes music in the same way that ratatouille describes food yeah <laughs> Richard, you <laughs> round of applause. That was great. Excellent job. Yes. Um, I, I don't know if you have any other like good ones. Uh, I don't have good ones, but if you really wanted to, to learn about pop music, maybe like Cheetah Girls or like mm -hmm. some Lizzie McGuire could. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, Turning I'm... Red, you can jump into boy band oh, music. Oh. Um, if you go into, yeah. uh, there's like 20 billion of all of the movies that are all about Hey, this is my boy band, and let's go on an adventure, like the One Direction movie. Uh, 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 oh, whoa, 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 what was the one? 
Oh, Big Time Rush. I mean, I mean, there's all these different series that talk about, like, what it takes to be a band or, you know, things like that. Yeah, I mean, you could also go as classy as, like, Amadeus. I was about to say that. Right? Yeah, like, <laughs> that literally is a, at this point, now very old movie. Mm-hmm. And it talks very very similarly in imagery and things like that about music. But then it also goes into the more technical side because it's obviously about Mozart and Salieri. Yeah, or you do what Megan did and jump into a bunch of YouTube videos. <laughs> So, out of what I just described, what do you know about music theory? Cool. Okay. Um, <laughs> rhythm makes sense. Okay. And then, like, harmony, like, I knew about, because I did, like, musical theory, so you're, like, in, like, kind of choir setting. It's, like, pretty hard mm-hmm. to, like, avoid harmony in a in a choir setting. Like, you're not going to do that. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I think it, music theory is interesting in in my, like, brief experience with it because it's kind of, like, putting words to things I already know. Mm-hmm. It's like I feel like music's like pretty innate. I mean, like maybe not for everyone, but it feels like pretty natural and innate sometimes. Yeah. And so, like you were talking about it being a different language, it kind of just feels like labeling things already knew existed. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's exactly. exactly. Yeah, well, and because it's something that's like involved in everyday life, right? When you listen to the radio or when you just listen in general, when you you can feel that in your body, and then understanding that there are these terms that mean something that you didn't know before obviously that's kind of how you explained it but you'll as we kind of go through this conversation the intro level is definitely a vast amount of people but then when you start going steps up that's when you really start to get a little bit crazy with it yeah um and even for me i would not at all consider myself an expert um in music theory even though i've been to college you know for music and other things like that but I just never had the interest to, to go that far. For me, my interest waned when I started getting into the technical side because I was more in the digital side of music than I was in the physical side of music. Yeah. Um, versus Michael, I'd say being that you're a music educator, obviously you had to go into the more physical and technical side of music. Yeah. I went down from where I went in college. <laughs> I was like, I was like, they were teaching me high level stuff. And I was like, please bring me back down the bottom. And actually, I'm bringing up a picture right now. And this is specifically for Megan. Uh, it's just a picture of symbols. Yeah, I can read half of those. Okay, that's what I was going to yeah, say. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to point to random things. I'm not going to touch a lot of this, but I'm going to basically stick to this one, this one, and this one. Okay. So th- we have a big swirly thing on the page. What is that? Double clap. Okay. So okay. looks like the Disney D. Uh, we've got this one, which look at, like uh, looks like a hashtag. It is either one of two things. Okay. Yeah. It's either a flat or a sharp. Okay, that's, that's good. That's, that's great. Good. That's good. That's good. Uh, okay. Oh, I was off. like, wait, there's That's no flat rest. on there. Okay, but... rest? No, there is rest. no flat. Uh, yeah, there is. Right. Right. There is right there. It's right. just big. <laughs> um, this one? That's just a whole note. Okay. Uh, we're, we're close. We're close. What? She said I the word no. It's a no. Oh, it's a no. It's a note. Oh, oh right. Because a hole would be for the little oval thing. Yeah, uh, it would be the oval thing. Okay, okay. Okay, yeah, it's a note. Okay, this would be a quarter note. And then I am going to pick not this thing, but this thing on the bottom. Do you know what the little carrot is? Is that, I have never, I mean, like I've seen, I don't know what it is. Is that like, get louder maybe? I don't know. That could be, yeah. could be. On a note, it's an accent mark, which means to like hit it harder. But that is also a crescendo as well. Okay, so, and that's what, that's actually why I was wanting to target a lot of this. There's people who don't know that. Yeah. And well, remember, Michael, I do have a second grade piano education. Yes. And that's well, <laughs> so people don't even have a second grade piano yeah. education. So if I were to give you something, um, well, I mean, obviously, this is art and not 
real music. But if I gave you like a staff, yeah, I can how... read the notes. Okay, I so notes. you could read the notes. So but not like not like easily. Like I have to go to middle C and then I have to like count up. Okay. Or like sometimes I can like find G if I'm like really feeling uh-huh. like crazy. Yeah, well, but you I, have a very rudimentary ability to, yeah, to read, read music. music. Yeah, okay, that's so, wonderful. Something also to keep in mind that piano itself is intimidating because basically you have a vast, large amount of keys that you're like, where is everything? Yeah. Uh, versus on like a woodwind instrument, you're basically stuck to like 25 of the keys uh-huh. basically because they don't go as high or as low as a piano generally. I also find it impressive that probably for the same amount of time since since second grade to you now is Richard from college to where you are now. And I find it very impressive that if I if I were to quiz Richard, you probably would still have a lot of this information in your head. So and far, yeah. I know I, all of that. Even more impressive that you still remember this stuff from second grade. Yeah, but I, I've used it. Like yeah. when I was in high school and stuff mm-hmm. and, I, and I would do theater, it's like you get sheet music and you, yeah. and you read it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, it's hilarious to write notes for each other in sheet music. Like who hasn't spelled cabbage? Like that just makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're telling me is that you get music memes now because yeah. that's that's exactly what all music memes are. She sent me a TikTok the other day was going, I think this is funny. And it <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to tell. Yeah. I don't know what all the words mean. It was so it was like it was like a two minute long video just about this person just spiraling down to the music jokes. And oh, I was like no. I was like, okay, this is actually kind of funny. But it was like it was one of those smart jokes where you just sit there going, I'm not laughing, but I'm amused. <laughs> it's entertaining. Yeah, but it I inter- don't think it deserves a belly laugh. Uh-huh. I did like the one I sent about um who was it? Whatever, being deaf, and he was like at a concert. And, yes. And someone was like, "You suck!" And then he just kept going. He didn't hear. It was about uh, Beethoven. It was about yeah. Beethoven. Yeah, <laughs> Beethoven was playing, and then someone yelled, "You suck!" And he just kept playing happily. That's pretty funny. Like, yeah, yeah, it was pretty funny. That was good. And I, that's actually part of music education is also teaching about the history. Something I don't have time for on my week to week, but um, part of us was to go through music history and learn about all about There's the composers, but. So if we build off your your knowledge, right, we've got the staff, things live on the five-line staff, and the higher you go or the lower you go, uh, and normally a lot of people read off a of treble clef, um, which is That's the- it, pretty standard. Yes, yeah. pretty standard. Treble clef, of course, being the higher notes and bass clef being the lower notes. And I didn't want this to turn into a quiz podcast where we just go, Megan, tell us things <laughs> that we already know. Um, and also, it's not a, we don't have a visual medium to go around, <laughs> go along with it. So a lot of that would lose out on uh, on audio. But well, actually, to kind of go a little bit further than that. So you're familiar with the staff. You yeah. you are familiar with the treble clef and the bass clef yeah. and how there's two two staffs on top of each other, generally, if you're looking at a piano score. Yeah. So, yeah. And... That is generally, or unless you're looking like a full orchestration, um, in which case then it would have a ton of staffs like just stacked on top of each other because each instrument has their own cleft that they work out of. Oh, that sounds This is a great question for Richard. Yes. Do you know any other staffs? There's also... I mean, any the, other clefts? Uh, uh, the <laughs> alto. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And... Well, there's another one that goes on piano staff. Oh, is there? There's treble and... Did treble and... Oh, and bass clef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bass clef. We haven't mentioned bass clef. Yeah, bass clef is the relaxed looking one that looks like a backwards letter C. Yeah, yeah. There's ten. There's alto. There's tenor clef as well. Yeah. Um, and those are the majority of the ones. Alto and tenor clef are used by very specific instruments yes. in the string section. Yes. And they suck. 
and they're terrible. And they these instruments just learn how to use the other <laughs> the other clefts. No joke. But anyways, um, so I I thought it would be fun to now tackle other parts of music theory, and this is stuff that I teach to kids. And you all might know, if you've listened, as we were talking before the podcast, to The Sound of Music. Um, the Sound of Music touches on a Hungarian uh, music theory system. Um, Whoa. Okay. My phone went off very loudly with the, the power of death. Uh, <laughs> it was like a metal show in here. Yeah, everybody's checking their phones right now. Okay, turn, turn them off. I'm Mine sorry. is on silent. Nikki is telling me how many pages she has left in the book she's going to let me read after her. It's very important that she update me. Because then you can get it tomorrow. Exactly. <laughs> Even though I'll, I'll wait to read it till Saturday so I can whiz through it. <laughs> hey, I, I was giving you that two and a half hours, but we already had the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, um, they're called the Kerwin hand signs and then Kodai solfege symbols. So both of those are actually different than each other. Uh, they came from two different people. Kodai and the Hungarian system of teaching are do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do, which is exactly what you hear at do, a deer, female deer, re, a drop of golden sun, and all of that stuff. Uh, I was going to say, music. don't continue. I'm not going to sing the whole music. <laughs> uh, but the hand signs that go along with it are actually somebody else who introduced them. And together, they actually make a really good system of teaching um, how to sing. So Kodai is all about uh, a singing um, uh, method. The other side of it is um, an uh, oral perception. And this is usually taught to, in my experience, violinists and pianists and it's called the suzuki method suzuki is a huge proponent about being able to hear something and then repeat it on your instrument uh and through all of the suzuki method it's a lot of listening and playing and playing and listening and then slowly introducing yourself to your instrument that way so that way your ears are in tune with your instrument instead of you know learning it very methodically and going this string is this and then this fret is that and now memorize it so <clears throat> it, there's a big trade off between these two schools of thought because one is for singing and one is for your instrument and there is suzuki stuff for doing for singing and there is kodai stuff for instruments but they're not very popular to cross over each other and what I like about them both is if you wanted to teach yourself how to sing, this is one of the few ways that you can actually physically represent singing that makes sense to you. Like if I put do right here and I put my hand up and show Ray, you know that I'm moving in an upward fashion that your voice should match it. Unlike an instrument, I can't show you with my hands, but I can show you on the instrument that when my finger goes up the string, then uh, the sound will, will go up as well. I have no idea what that means. I didn't play a string instrument. You just confused me. Good. Because you played with buttons. And yep. that also confuses me. <laughs> if you don't know, my brother I, played I, saxophone. I played saxophone. Okay. <laughs> but that's a but and that's a, the piano is sort of in between because it is a bunch of buttons, but it also makes sense because it's in a straight line. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You could go this way. And then you could go that and way. And then you could go that way. Yes. Too bad we can't teach up and kids down. piano. So I just wanted to jump into both of those for a hot second because they are one of the most popular ways to learn an instrument or learn uh, how to sing for young learners. It is by far not as beneficial for adults to be doing the same thing, 
but they can learn in the same way. Adam, it's just because your brain is is much higher functioning at that point and can process things a lot faster. Not to go too far into the weeds, but how I'm lost. The (laughs) the Kodai method is a fairly old method. Oh, it's very old. Okay, what about Suzuki? It's also old. Really, but it is. uh, I believe it's Japanese. Uh, yep, probably. But both both Kodai sense. and Suzuki traveled and spread this this form of learning. So Kodai is from Hungary, uh, and it happened when uh, music history knowledge. This is why we're casuals here, everybody. I'm gonna get this wrong, and we're just gonna get it out there. But I believe Kodai went to Hungary to study because it was like one of the foremost um, places where people people could learn music found this system in place, brought it back over to, um, I think actually brought it over to America and then spread it here. And that is how we have it today. And then Suzuki, I think, did the same thing with uh, the Japanese style of listening and then brought it across the world. Well, there you go. You you were right. He is Japanese. Um, he, he was a violinist, a Japanese violinist. Yep. And that's why that method is to le- teach violinists a lot. Uh, surprisingly enough, 1898. So I'm pretty sure Kodai was much older than that. Yes. But. They were, they're both very old systems, um, but they're very interesting. And from both of these, as you get older, you can learn how these relate to scales, how these relate to chords, keys, and notation. But I don't want to talk about those. No, that's a, that's a lot more in <laughs> that's depth. That's a lot. But... Um, all oh. of these, if you know about music theory, you can use the composer. So you actually talked about a word as well uh, before we really got more in depth. You said oral perception. What does that mean? It's a u. Yes, okay. oral, oral, not oral. Yes, not oral. Like not, with your ears. not mouth. Yeah, not mouth. Ears. Ears. This is what we're talking about. No, we're just letting you all know. Yes, perception. What does that mean? <laughs> it's to perceive someone's ears. No. <laughs> Like with piercings? Yes. Exactly. Yeah, you're like, you can I tell see. how many piercings yeah. they have based off of your vision. Yeah, That's and what the, a bar is. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and the better you are at it, the, the more you don't have to see them. You can just be like... And somehow it translates over to learning an instrument. Two. I got it. Uh, so oral perception is your ability to listen to notes and understand where they are. So what that means is some people have a very lack lacking on this ability. Um, and I will, we'll put this to you two different ways and then we can talk about them. The complete lack of oral perception is called tone deaf or, uh, as the appropriate way to call it is amusia. Oh, I didn't realize that that was the term for that. Yes. Uh, so tone deaf is more derogatory is what you're saying. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes, because usually it's used for people who don't actually have that, uh, impairment. And then on the complete opposite side, if you have the most amazing oral perception, they, they, it's called pitch, uh, pitch, pitch perfect. perfect. <laughs> it's the other way around. Perfect pitch. Yes. So, you are Anna Kendrick. <laughs> uh, Megan, where do you fall on that scale? Um, I mean, I, I think when I was younger and I did choir for a long time, because I did, um, what did I do? I was in a choir group for, I think I did choir for like six years as a kid. Wow. Like a long, long time. I only did two. And I think when I did that, I had really, really good um, oral perception, like really good. And when I got to high school, um, I still like to sing, and I actually have a lot of health issues. And so my throat, uh, I actually have a lot of health issues with my throat specifically, and I, like, lost the 
the ability to sing and like hit notes I used to be able to hit. And it used to make me really mad because I could hear that I was wrong, but I didn't know how to fix it. Mm -hmm. So I'd say probably better than I think because I could hear that I was wrong. wrong. Yeah. You know, um, which nowadays I can't do that as well. Like if I'm singing sometimes I'm like, wow, I sound so good. And then I like listen back. And I'm like, whoa, oh, who is that? Oh, God. <laughs> um, so I, yeah. I don't know. Michael, where how where would you say you're on the scale? Very good. Michael. Not not perfect pitch. <laughs> no, not even close to perfect pitch. So as uh, here, I, here's I am, one thing. Also, I am proficient. Associated with perfect pitchness is generally your knowledge of that. Also, mm. is something that needs to be compounded as well, because uh, usually that determines if you have perfect pitch. You can also tell what notes that our mm. people are singing. Which is to the point where literally you can not only tell like if someone's singing a B, you can tell that they're singing a B, but you can also then tell if they're flat or sharp usually as well. And it goes to the point That's of crazy. like absolute pitch, which is crazy. It's insane. Yeah. yeah. Um, actually, my best friend growing up uh, had perfect pitch. That's insane. Um, and so, yeah. It, That's a superpower. It, it is. definitely it varies. And, and actually a... Uh, a pretty popular pop singer right now is actually pretty well known for having perfect pitch as well which is charlie puth um and he he now on talk shows and all that stuff he does the little parlor trick associated with with perfect pitch they'll play a note and he'll just say oh that's that yeah um and it's fantastic too it's, yeah. it's like a weird gift to be given too yeah because a lot of times you can see a child will have that gift and be like how do you know all the letters though? So she <laughs> well, and that's the thing is like, it's, it's knowing what they are and then having the knowledge to then back that up because mm -hmm. you actually have to know, like your ears would be fine tuned enough to know where that is. And you could then play it immediately on a piano. If you knew what that is, this makes me really want to talk about synesthesia as well in the future. Yeah. Oh yeah. that would be a good topic for mm -hmm. another. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, to then take that further, it then hurts to, the opposite end, but what was the word? Amusia. Amusia. Might be maybe saying that wrong. Amusia. Um, Amusica. Is I Valley yeah. of the Wind. Yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, that it then hurts from the other side because if you can't hear that and then you're trying to match a pitch, mm -hmm. um, those that have the in between or perfect pitch, mm -hmm. it then becomes that much more terrible. And for all of us, everybody sitting in this room, oral perception is not perfectly related to your ability to sing. No. It's just because you have pitch perfect. Perfect pitch. Uh, <laughs> just say it. You want to be Anna Kendrick. I want to be Anna Kendrick. Just because you have perfect pitch does not mean you can actually sing in the first place. That's true. That just means that you can, you know. I mean, you have the knowledge how frustrating would that be if you ear. have perfect pitch and then you can't sing very well? So you're like, I'm always flat or sharp, but I can't fix it. Well, um, but for, for, for that, tone deaf is literally the, if I played a note on the piano, the average person could sing it back. Who knows if it's flat or sharp, right. but they could get pretty close. They could very closely match the pitch. Yes. A tone deaf person or someone with amusia um, would never be able to bring it back to you. And, and not even close. And I want to repeat that this is incredibly rare. It is incredibly rare for somebody to actually have this impairment. Most people who um, have problems matching pitch... They just need a lot of one-on-one help. 
And a lot of times they'll go through like high school, college, and then, you know, their adult life never being able, never getting that one-on-one help. But most people are able to at least get trained to be able to match pitch. And same thing with uh, perfect pitch. It is also on the rare side, but I feel like being tone deaf is much more rare. To that extreme, for sure. Yes, exactly. I, I would say uh, most people just have a harder time um, matching pitch to the point of like being a, a being decent, accurate. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and that that's really what it comes down to more so is it. it I mean, your ear is in itself is something that takes work mm-hmm. and and practice in order to really get it going. Yeah, so absolutely. Uh, Megan, if is there any questions? Not that we're gonna answer, but if you were to dive more, <laughs> my in, turn to quiz you. Yes, go. <laughs> but if there was any piece of information or anything you wanted to specifically learn about music, what would that be? Oh God, I don't know. Okay. Um, I mean, I, feel, I mean, like I feel like I, I say I don't know because like there's a lot. Like, yeah, yeah. Like it's like you're saying like it's a language. Like there's no like I don't know. I think I think for me sometimes like the the reason I started like looking at music theory on my own is because it's like I it's like we were saying in the beginning it's like these are things that are like innate that we understand and it's like frustrating to not have a way to express what you want Mm -hmm. and it's equally frustrating to then know what you want and then not have the skill to play sing do it and Mm -hmm. make it real so that's my problem yeah it's it's makes me want to pull my hair out to keep it really basic you just want more tools in your toolbox pretty much to be able to express yourself a little bit more pretty much yeah not to quote futurama but i i feel like i suffer (laughs) from from the stupid fingers um because a lot of a lot of my problem yeah a lot of my problem when i was playing a lot more was that i my fingers would get confused a lot and i i had the knowledge base and to understand the the fundamentals of everything and and you know to progress but i think i just reached a plateau in my playing where i was like i just can't you can't fight your hands yeah it's it's just too which is something which singing and the piano specifically are two things that are way easier to mess around with because you could sit at the piano and just have fun with the white keys and not really need to know anything about music theory and just know what sounds good which is why i feel like there's so many more people who are getting into like playing around with like uh being what's the appropriate way to call them mixing music oh, yeah. <laughs> i was just gonna say djs but you know <laughs> uh like oh you're talking about like blending and yeah, things like it's, that it's so okay no offense to anybody out there i know some people who are in this genre but it's so easy to get into this you find oh i like that little rhythm oh i like that little beat and you just put them on top of each other and see what works. It, it's it's like but, it's minimalism in and of itself. That, it's so simple, but to do it well is what takes the experience. Well, and that's what we actually kind of mentioned at the beginning is like how a lot more of modern pop music has a lot to do more with rhythm than it does mm-hmm. about harmony. Mm-hmm. It's literally just a, a lead singer on top of a bunch of different rhythms. Yeah. And so when the music itself lends itself to being such heavy on the beats you can then just change it all up constantly and especially since everything's done digitally anyway mm-hmm. very it's it's hard it's it, hard not to be successful because it doesn't rely on stupid fingers yeah <laughs> i mean yeah especially cuz the software does it for you it snaps everything into place yeah, yeah, and, exactly. and things like that so yeah. um so our 
not next week, but sometime in the future, we're going to be talking about more advanced music theory, talking about specifically composition. Um, and unfortunately, that might be exactly the toolbox you're looking for because yeah, probably. hearing something that sounds good, but then being able to replicate that is two different things, right? I mean, that's the same way as going, I can see that piece of art, I know it's good, but then making that piece of art is a completely different tool set. But you need both tools to be under, uh, be able to understand art itself. Um, and a lot of what composition does is take what Mozart and Beethoven have given us a very basic rudimentary uh there's wait, Bach. Yes, Hold on. Bach, sorry, don't, Bach. Don't forget about Bach. <laughs> Bach. Uh actually, yeah, Bach. Bach, Bach and if <laughs> and um if you've ever seen a uh like uh, Axis of Awesome doing four chord songs <laughs> or the Pachelbel Canon rant. Well we've talked about both of those. We've talked about both episodes. of those. Um it really targets that one four five and then back to one is the root of all music. Which is different sometimes chords you'd make six. on piano, sometimes six. Uh, but if you don't know that, then we can't make it more complicated and making more expressive art. So we'll get into all of that the next music theory podcast we have. And of course, we would love to see Megan back on something she's a little bit more of an expert on. Yeah, I don't know anything about this. <laughs> I spent like six hours one night. I'm here because I spent six hours one night on a YouTube deep dive trying to figure out how to take my ukulele music and like the chords that I'd done and trying to put it on Chrome Music Lab. Oof. That took me six hours. Yeah, because Chrome Music Lab, a uh, great thing to mess around with. Yeah. It basically, it has a bunch of notes that it lists. It's basically just a scale in order. Oh. And then you would have to click out the notes on the scale. And so she was trying to re- like basically make piano music out of Chrome Music Lab. Yeah, pretty much. I never used that, but I don't know. It's fine. I mean, I feel like... Lorelai might get a kick out of it. Okay. I think she would love it. Yeah. And then maybe get very fresher with it. And then turn it into art and then make something pretty. Uh, probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> but yeah, there's so many tools out there that we'll get more into on our next thing when we talk about composition and the, uh, I guess, way too hoity-toity version of music theory. <laughs> so Advanced. Yeah, advanced. <laughs> um, you will hear Megan on our next uh, next week's podcast as well. When we are going to talk about the lovely six week long heard Johnny Depp trial. Oh, yes. Woohoo! So you'll get to relax with us if this one was a little bit too hoity toity for you. So um, thank you, Megan. Thank you. Uh, yeah. It was really fun. Glad you came on. Um, and we will catch you all next week. Remember, if you want to find us, we are at anywhere you can find a podcast. Under Generally Casual. You can also email us at generallycasual at gmail.com and find us on any social media under that name. So Most. Most of the big ones. Yeah, yeah mostly. We're, I, I, I don't want to go any further than the ones that we got, honestly. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Uh, we'll see you all next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.